This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good for the win. Without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up here. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Spread the floor. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Action Network podcast. This is your Olympic men's basketball gambling preview pod. I'm here with Action Network writers Raheem Palmer and Joe Delera. And folks, reminder that we've got several new podcasts debuting this August from Action Network, including one just for NBA betting. So to hear myself, Raheem, Matt Moore, the whole crew from our NBA team this offseason and next season, Make sure to subscribe to that new podcast feed, which doesn't exist yet, but we will announce here on Action Network Podcast. Make sure to get you a link for that. So stay tuned for that. And Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. We waited 50 years. We shot a lot of free throws. We made it. The Bucks are champs. Giannis was finals MVP. put up a 50 in the final game. Let's get to Team USA. So... Uh, we're covering Olympic men's hoops from all angles here at Action. By the way, as always, all odds here are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Uh, but make sure to take a look at Action Network. Uh, Joe's got a piece up with all the pros and the names to know from, from the 12 teams at the Olympics. Uh, I've got a group play overview and best bets coming up later today. Uh, the three of us are going to be doing full previews, I think, for every Team USA game all the way to the gold medal, hopefully. Uh, we'll be mm-hmm. doing some best bets and futures plays and lots of other stuff along the way. Uh, so before we get started, I want to just do a quick overview of the Olympic format, just because this only comes every four years or five in this case. Um, so we only have 12 teams here and they're, the game is becoming pretty national. So we are we're leaving out a lot of teams. It's a pretty grueling qualifying process. We're already missing some of the favorites, Serbia, Greece. So Giannis is done for the summer. Uh, Lithuania, Russia, those are all top 10 teams in the FIBA rankings. They're all not here. So, you know, like Lithuania just got knocked down qualifying earlier this month. Brazil, Canada, Turkey, more teams are not here. So we got just 12 teams left. We're split into three groups of four. Uh, So the four, each group does a round robin. We start Saturday night, of course, overnight because these are in Japan. And then after groups, we go the, the top eight go to knockout play. So that's two from each group and then two of the third place teams. And then, you know, the drill from there, knockout all the way to the end. And I think the gold medal men's game is Saturday night, uh, American time in prime time, August 7th. So we're going to do today. We're going to uh, look at each group and talk about group winners and what you need to know from each group and the teams there. Uh, we'll do Team USA, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's been a rocky start. We lost to a couple of teams in our exhibition play. So we'll talk about whether that matters and what the roster makeup looks like now. Uh, So we're going to come back to Team USA, which is Group A in a little bit. So actually, we're going to start out with Group B today. So Group B actually looks like our most balanced group of the bunch. Uh, In soccer terms, we maybe would call this the group of death. Uh, Somebody has to go out, maybe two of them. Two of the teams in this group, Australia and Nigeria, are those two teams that just beat Team USA a a week ago, a couple weeks ago. And then we got Italy and Germany. So, uh, Joe, I know that you are all about Team Nigeria. I know you've already got that Nigeria ticket. So what can you tell us about Nigeria and, and how do we like their chances in this group? 
So one of the things that I liked about Nigeria, obviously they kind of made the big headlines by beating Team USA, but you have an established NBA coach. You have Mike Brown helping to coach this team. When you really dive into the roster, they've got eight NBA players. So they're deep, they're talented, and they're physical. They can really put a lot of pressure on. They can play at an NBA speed. They can play faster. They can get rebounds. All of those things kind of matter when you're playing in this type of setting. Uh, this is a grueling setting and the roster is a little bit younger. Um, you can kind of recover faster and, you know, really step up against this competition. This is a great opportunity for them to, you know, show out, maybe make some headlines, maybe get some more eyes on them and maybe earn some more playing time uh, in the NBA as well. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about Team Nigeria, too, is while they do have those eight NBA players, you know, they're not the top of the roster players. You know, we're talking about like Josh Okoge and, mm. and you know, NBA champion Jordan Wara, uh, Mie Oni, mm. Precious Achua. These are good players. But what's interesting to me is if Nigeria does win, if they keep winning, how good could this team become? You know, not just this year, but we, we already have, they just became the first African team ever to beat Team USA. But what's interesting to me is some of the, you know, guys with the, the dual nationals who maybe could mm. play for Team Nigeria someday. Giannis Antetokounmpo being one of them, although he's committed to Greece now. We've got Bam Adebayo on our team who could have played for Nigeria if he wanted to, but instead mm. lost to them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo, Oji Ananobi, uh, Onyeka Okongwu, Isaac Okoro, DeAndre Ayton, Andre Iguodala. These are all guys who who have eligibility to play for Nigeria. So it's interesting to me to see what happens with this team if they do win, if they keep winning and, and draw some more eyes on the team. Nigeria is a massive population and and a huge basketball hotbed. Uh Raheem, who do you like from this group? What what team stands out to you? I mean, I think the Australia is the cream of the crop here. I think that's the team that you really want to bet to come out of Group B. I mean, they have plenty of NBA players. They got Dante Axum. You know, you got Patty Mills, who might as well be <laughs> Allen Iverson in FIBA. You got Joe Angles, Aaron Baines, Josh Green. I mean, this team dominated. Like they they put their B. They put they. They benched their starters before the USA game and then put their B-level guys out there. And they had Josh Giddy, who's going to be in the upcoming NBA draft. And then they beat Nigeria by like 50. So this is the team. I mean, I think this team is the second best team overall. Um, you know, they have wings who can, you know, really switch on both sides of the floor. They can score. They can score inside. They can hit a three. I love this team. I think – if. I think they're, they're they're playing for the silver medal, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, what I what I love about Australia is if you don't know who the guys are and you just like see them on the court, they totally look like a team that you show up at the Y and you're like, oh, all right, we got this game. Look at look at that team over there. We got this. Like you know, the three of us and just grab a couple more guys and we could just like go show up against Team Australia. And if we didn't know any better, we we'd hit the court and and feel like we got next on this team. And then they just drop like a hundred on us without even blinking. Um, Australia has never won a, an Olympic medal. They finished fourth last time around, and that was their fourth time that they have finished fourth. So I think, yeah, I think they, they need a medal here. This is definitely their chance to get there. Um, I kind of like Italy a little bit in this group. 
Uh, what I like about some of the FIBA teams are just the the veteran, you know, the, the KG, Wiley. They just know how to play. They've played together. Danilo Gallinari, I think, is the best player in the group, um, at least by NBA standards. He is the best player. Uh, international ball can be a little different, but his game is suited pretty well for it. Nicola Melli is a pretty good player, a good international style fit. Um, you know, you guys know how I like to play the long shots. Uh, I can see Italy at as high as 600 to win the group at, at other books. Um, I don't know. What do we think about Italy? I, I don't think anyone's going to go unbeaten in this group. So can Italy go like two and one and maybe eke out a tiebreaker group one? What do you guys think? It, it feels like we're all on different sides here <laughs> as far as, you know, like I, 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 cause I just really like Australia and I just think they, they just have a great roster. I mean, I like Thibel, obviously I'm a Sixers fan, but I, I think he's kind of being unleashed for that team. I just, I, I just, I just think they have it all. So that's my favorite to come out of this conference. If I had to make a bet, that's who I'd be betting. Yeah, so are I'm you not thinking su- Nigeria to win the group? I am. I'm sprinkling it a little bit um, just based on where I'm seeing the odds. Uh, You can get them as low as plus 250, but as high as plus 450. So if you can grab a better number, I think that that's maybe a bet that you can place. I do like them to advance to the knockout stage, though. Uh, I think that Australia, Nigeria and Italy will probably beat up on Germany a little bit here. Uh, So it does give these teams an opportunity to maybe get the third team to advance. So especially if they can all kind of beat each other. So I do think that that's maybe the play that I would lean towards more, uh, which you can find at uh, about minus 235, depending on the book that you can find it at. Which play is that? Uh, Nigeria to make the knockout stage. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I I like what I thought that you were maybe saying, which is, yeah, we're all on three different teams here for possibly for the group. None of us are on Mm -hmm. Germany. And I think rightfully so. (laughs) Germany is missing Dennis Schroeder, who is normally their star in international ball. They're missing Daniel Tice, who's a good player. Like the, the, the NBA players on this team are Mo Wagner and Isaac Bonga. So we basically got the Wizards backups. That seems not great. So you can play Germany to go out at group stage at minus 125. I kind of like that. We, we, we like all three of these other teams in this group. And we know that for sure one team goes out, maybe a second team. So I feel like that might be my safest, uh, best play in, in this group. But what do you guys think of that? Yeah, I like that play a lot, yeah. actually. I like that. We can all team up on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's, let's skip over to group C. And uh, we'll come back to some of our group best bets eventually. But so Group C, Group C is a little bit, uh, a lot of bit top heavy, I think. So Spain is at the top of the group. And then we've got Slovenia, Luka Doncic's Slovenia and Argentina. And then we've got the Olympic host Japan rounding out the group as pretty serious long shots. So Spain is the favorite here. Um, Raheem. How do you feel about Spain? Are, are they is the golden generation over, or does this team still have a run left in them? <sighs> I'm not that high on Spain. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, they have some of the same guys that they've had playing from 2008. Like when you have <laughs> Paul Gasol and Mark Gasol out there, and you know Rudy Fernandez. Like, I mean, when's the last time we seen Rudy Fernandez? Like with the Blazers in like 2006 or something like that, when you know Brandon Roy and Lamarcus Aldridge were supposed to lead the Blazers to the to the <laughs> to the promised land. Like, I'm just not that 
I'm not that high on this team. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I think they have enough to win Group C, but as far as you know, coming away with the gold, I don't see it. My international mo outside of Team USA is I guess I sort of lean to the older, experienced Wiley teams. I I, I like Spain. I like what I know. You know, mm-hmm. I know that Rubio shows up international play. Sergio Rodriguez and Rudy Fernandez. Like, we didn't see these guys at their best in the NBA, but they, they're they great for Team Spain. Spain has basically been number two in the FIBA rankings the entire cycle since the last Olympics. Like, Spain is – I can't think of what this would be in another sport. Like, like USA – is just so far and away number one that we forget how dominant Spain has been. Just if you could take USA away, Spain would be on this like absurd dynasty run from the last decade plus right now, but we exist. So we win. That's fair. You know, Uh, I think that's accurate, especially when it comes to actually this region, because I just, I'm not really high on Argentina. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I just think they're so far away from everybody else that that's what gives them the edge. I think that's the perfect way to put it. So obviously the darling in this group in the World Cup, probably in general, is Slovenia. I think we've seen a lot of early money coming on Slovenia to win the group. Slovenia plus 2,000 to win the gold medal. And I mean, there's a chance that the argument is easy. Luka Doncic, that's the argument. Maybe they have the best player in the game. Uh, Maybe they have the best player on the court. Maybe even against Team USA, depending on what Luka does. So uh, Joe, what do we think about Slovenia? Are they set up for a run here? Um, maybe Luca can actually have somebody that really compliments his play here, you know, and bring somebody <laughs> back to the Mavericks. Yeah. They got uh, they got Mike Toby. He played a little bit of ball at UVA, and uh, he plays in Spain. He's a big man. He kind of compliments that role uh, for Luca, so you so that there's some sort of interior presence there. Um, it just really depends on if Luca's going to get hot then sure, they could get through here. Um, I don't think that there's going to be great guard play in terms of maybe the defense that could be put against Luca, depending on whether it's Spain or Argentina or um, obviously Japan. But I, I don't see that from, you know, if Argentina is playing defense, I don't think that Campazzo is going to cover Luca properly or, you know, even Luca Vildoza. So if you're looking at this, it's just going to be the Luca show. And if like we saw Luca just carry them all the way through uh, the qualifiers, I don't think it's off the table for them to advance here at all. Um, especially since we're not super high on Argentina and Spain is getting older. So there's no real reason that Luca can't lead this team past the, past them. I mean, we've seen him basically be a one man show in the NBA. Granted the supporting cast is different, but so it is for all of these teams. Yeah, I, I I wanted to pick Slovenia as my big sleeper, you know, my, my long shot to hang my hat on. Here's the problem. Like a crazy person, I actually watched Eurobasket in the summer 2017 when Slovenia won the gold medal there. And it was a huge deal. Luka was not in the NBA yet. And when we got to the NBA draft cycle and people were like, oh, I don't know if he's good enough. We'll see. I was like, yo, you should have watched Eurobasket. He was lighting up all these teams but mm. he wasn't doing it alone. He was doing it with Goran Dragic, who was also awesome in that tournament. And Goran Dragic is not playing at this tournament. Zoran Dragic is playing at this tournament. That's Goran's brother. But mm. I worry about Luka only being able to do so much. Like, uh, uh, at what point do they become the Mavericks again? And there's just not enough for him to mm. do. 
and they're not going to run into the Clippers by any stretch necessarily. But I just, there was such good synergy with Goran and Luca together. And I don't know, it's, it's a lot to ask of him on his own. I think they can make a run, but I, my instinct is I feel like I'll be surprised if they actually pull off a medal in this tournament. Uh, like, I think it maybe is a cycle too early for them. Do you guys think mm. that Slovenia can medal here? Probably not. I mean, yeah, there's, I don't, I don't really think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think they medal. So Japan obviously is the long shot in this group. Japan is the longest shot in the whole tournament. I think they are number 42 in the FIBA rankings. And remember, we got 12 teams here. So Rui Hachimura and. Uh, he's he's the star here. We got Nick Vizikas, Nevada. Shout! Can Japan win a game? Can can Japan win one game off of anyone in this group? Yes, they can. They, I think they could beat Argentina. Oh, wow! Nah, actually, nah. I, they, they probably can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm not high on Argentina at all. I just I mean, no. you know, athletically, I just I, I just think they're going to struggle um, against you know some of the great teams. Like I, I, that that game against Nigeria was like really really tough for me. Yeah, it was a gap. It was a real gap in athleticism. And, and it, mm. as much as I like the older Wiley teams, which you don't get any older and more Wiley than 41-year-old Luis Scola and Baku Compazzo, <laughs> I'm excited. As a Timberwolves fan, I'm excited to watch Leandro Bulmaro. I think he's going to be a really good player. He hasn't come over to the NBA yet, but uh, Wolves own his draft rights. But Argentina is number four in the FIBA rankings. So I just I feel like it seems like we're underselling them, but uh, yeah, none of us feel great about this team. And it feels, no. especially it seems like they're a team that could run into the wrong matchup in a knockout game, you know, with, with a team that's just younger, more athletic. And, and that's just the end for an old team like this. Joe, do you yeah. agree with Argentina? Yeah, I think that the one thing that they do have is they do have a lot of, I think, I think you're going to see pretty good fundamental basketball, but it's just going to be a matter of like how athletic are they? Like how can they really match up against some of these bigger, stronger, faster teams? And I'm personally excited to watch them because they have Luca Vildoza, who just signed with the Knicks. Um, he can really score at every level. He just led his Spanish team to a title, won finals MVP with them. So he's somebody that can create his own shot. He's got a good handle, shoots about 39% from three in the Euro League. So it's going to be interesting. I think we might see some good ball movement from Argentina, but I don't know to what extent that can really stack up against some of these uh, better, more established teams like, you know, even Spain or like the United States or teams like that. Mm -hmm. So Raheem, you don't really like Spain a whole lot. What's, what's your play from this group then? Do, do you feel like another team comes out of the group or do you have a best bet from this group here? I, I think, I, I think you, you kind of summed it up when we first started the conversation about you know, them being so far ahead of everybody else. So I think you kind of got to run with Spain. I think that's the play. Okay. Joe, what's your play from this group? I think that Sp I agree. I think that Spain comes out on top. I do think that you could maybe sprinkle a little bit if you think that Argentina and Spain both continue to win, um, which I know we're kind of fading Argentina a little bit. But mm -hmm. if they beat Slovenia, Slovenia is eight to one to get knocked out in the group stage. So mm -hmm. that I think like I feel like the line is big because of Luca, and they're a popular team. People want to bet on them, but you already are kind of penciling in. Spain and Argentina as two of the best teams in the world here. I don't think it's crazy for them to get knocked out in the group stage. 
Yeah, I agree. I've seen that one as high as 10 to one at some books too. And and let's, let's state the obvious too. If Luca picks up a little injury, like it's going to be ugly. They're just done at that point. Yeah. I think that they maybe are even underdogs to Japan if it happens before that. And we know that Luca already struggled through some injuries in the playoffs and that he's going to be cautious that way. So I do think that there's some potential there. My, my best bet from this group, I think also involves fading Slovenia in there, they open against Argentina, and Slovenia's never played in the Olympics before. We know Luca will be by far the best player on the court, but I like Argentina to win that game just with the veteran experience and just being ready for the moment and for the Olympics. They're plus 190 on the money line right now, and you know, Luca's by far the best player there, but I just feel like Argentina's experience could be a big advantage in an opening Olympic game like that, and that kind of plays with that same thing where if Slovenia loses to Argentina and then to Spain, they're in trouble. They're not necessarily out, but they're not in good shape at that point. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's head over to Group A and let's get to Team USA. So Team USA now featuring Olympians, JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson. What are we doing? And is the sky falling is Team USA going to go 0 and 3 and get swept out of the group stage? Somebody talk me off the ledge. Joe, how bad or how good is Team USA going to be? I still think that this team is going to be really good. Uh, I get that there's continuity issues. I get that there's been COVID issues. I get that we don't really have a lot of big men on this team. Um, and there's really not a lot of defense. But I think that the t- talent here is so strong and you are going to get a little bit of a boost when you get Drew holiday back over there, Devin Booker over there, Chris Middleton over there. I think that that matters. Um, They you're going to get some more defense. You're going to get a little bit more shot making, and you're also getting three guys that can facilitate the basketball. Um, I know that Booker, we, we criticized him a little bit in the finals because he wasn't passing the ball as much, but these are three excellent passers between holiday Booker and Middleton. And I think that that might help open up this U S offense. So maybe they struggle a little bit in group a like, but I don't see any circumstance where they don't advance out of the group stage with the Czech Republic and Iran as the two other teams besides France. So that that's kind of where I'm at with team USA though. Raheem, what do you think about team USA's chances? I, I think Team USA is going to win the gold medal. I think, what are they, like, almost, like, three, uh, minus 350. To me, when I watch those ex- exhibitions, they struggle with the FIBA rules and the physicality and, you know, just getting into shape. Like, I think those are the biggest issues that I saw because, you know, even in the, the game that they lost against Australia, they had a nine-point lead at halftime before running out of gas in the second half. The addition of Kelton Johnson is actually a great addition because they have a guy who's going to be able to do the dirty work. Like, if you watch that, I think it was the last game that they played, he was a big impact. Like, he, yeah. he was probably one of the reasons that they actually won that game. And I felt like, you know, a lot of their roster was pretty redundant. And then you had guys like... Kevin Love, who, I mean, he really hasn't played much NBA basketball in the last couple of seasons, you know, due to injuries. He just was over there just because he had previous Olympics experience. I think once they get Drew Holiday, Devin Booker, and Chris Middleton, this team's going to be a lot better. I like the addition of Javel McGee because it gives them another big. So I, I, I really like this team. I just think part of it was just getting – 
getting used to the rules and I think they'll be fine. So I think that my concern and concern, and we'll, we'll use the word concern lightly here. Let's be honest. We have a lot of talent. Team USA absolutely should win gold. We have Kevin Durant, who is probably the best player in the world, or Giannis can at least have a conversation, but he, he certainly should be the best player at the Olympics. We have Damian Lillard. Whoever any other team's second best player is, Damian Lillard is miles and infinite chasms better than whoever other second best players are. Just Dame and Durant alone should be enough. They probably will be enough. A concern that I have with the team is I feel like we just have the wrong big men on this team. We have great NBA big men. Bam Adebayo and Draymond Green, I want as my NBA center. I want as my final center. I want them switching. I want them screening. I want them handling a little bit. In international play, you want a big dude who's going to protect the rim, protect that, you know, the expanded paint. You need somebody to defend against, yes, Rudy Gobert. You need somebody to go up against, you know, the Gasols and JaVale McGee. Get out of here. Like, I, I can't even talk about JaVale McGee on the Olympics team. But I just, I feel like the center's, could be a problem and when team usa has struggled a little bit in the past it's been with the big men and and so let me ask this when we do our olympic wrap-up pod if it exists you know a month from now and team usa did not win the gold tell me who team usa lost to in knockout play and and give me the diagnosis what happened to team usa why did we lose joe who did we lose to think that we will have lost to Spain and I think a lot of it would have to do with fundamentals and I think that it's going to be because Spain they have a ton of continuity they have a lot of experience and they have a lot of experience playing in international play and I think that that is what, what the difference could be it's not necessarily that they're individually better or anything like that or even that that they're coached better but just that they have a they have depth they have experience and they have playmaking bigs in the Gasol brothers that can kind of put stress on the U.S. team like you said who doesn't have really they have good bigs um, but they don't have you know a set of twin towers like the Gasol brothers over there so I do think that that's probably who they would lose to if they did lose to a team in this tournament. Raheem Team USA lost. How, how did it happen? Who did we lose to and what went wrong? Okay, they lost because so much of this team is – their offense is based on three-point shooting. They're not a team that's just going to beat you up inside and, and, you know, get to the paint like some of these other teams. So you saw in the games that they were struggling in, they couldn't hit the three. So I think like Joe said, I think it would be, you know, a team with, you know, fundamentals – who will go in there and, you know, I just think beat them, beat them up inside. And I think France and Australia can do that. Yeah, I agree. Those are the three teams that I, that I would be most concerned about a matchup. I think you're either looking at a size problem, which France with Rudy Gobert or Spain with the Casals, uh, or you're looking at just that, that veteran international know-how problem. And all three of those teams fit that too. So I think mm -hmm. Spain is the biggest threat. Uh, if I was going to play Team USA to win the gold, I think my recommendation would be to wait till after the France game. I won't be shocked if we lose that France game. That's not the end of the world. You can lose a group game and still go on, and the odds will drop even further if that happens. If USA beats France, I'm not sure the odds really get much longer, so you don't have much to gain, I think, by getting your money in now. 
Um, I think we said what 350 minus 350 for Team USA is that worth their yeah. money to to bet on Team USA? Do do Team USA listeners want to get that bet in? It's still steep to kind of lay your money. I get that that's what we think is going to happen, but I agree with you. I don't I don't see any reason to tie your money up with that now when you know there could be a variety of issues. Like Team USA has had a million COVID issues even, so I would want to see this tournament progress a little bit. Like you said, get past the France game, see where we're at. I don't think that that line really changes after the group stage. Um, if anything, maybe it moves, maybe it moves a couple cents, but I don't see what's going to be so different, you know, before than after, uh, at least in terms of team USA. That line is coming down against France. I believe it was like 14 and a half. Now it's down to about 11 and a half at bet MGM now. So there is some sharp money on France for that first game. So yeah. That kind of, you know, lets you know of the perception out there in the market as far as USA. But I, I do think, you know, at minus 350, it denotes that United States should win this 77% of the time. And I probably think that they win this, you know, more than 77% of the time. So yeah, I do think there's a small edge there. But, you know, do you like you like Joe said, with all the COVID issues and, you know, the turmoil regarding this roster, I'm not sure if you want to lay your money on that. That opening game against France, that's coming Sunday morning at seven Eastern here. So as we're recording this, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, I think, are partying in a parade right now. Right. They're, they're celebrating. They're still like half tipsy on champagne. Japan is on the other side of the world, and that's a long ways away and a quick turnaround. I, I, it's not shocking to me that we could be vulnerable against France. France is a good team. Gobert is awesome, especially in international ball. I don't know how much we're going to get from Holiday or Middleton, even from Booker in that series. I don't know if Zach Levine is going to be ready to play. He's out of COVID protocol, but we don't know what's happening with that. What's um, going on with Jeremy Grant? Is he out of pro- um, protocol as well? Yeah, I haven't heard about he Jeremy is, Grant. I think. I, I, think I think that he's out, he's of out but yeah, we don't know necessarily. Like we, we could have a very short roster in that game, and we can't bring in backups either. We've just got our twelve guys. So my play, if you want to, if you want to possibly bet against Team USA, France is plus four fifty on the money line in that game. I wouldn't take that, but France is plus seven hundred to win the group. If France does beat Team USA, look, the other part of this group we haven't talked about Czech Republic or about Iran yet for a reason. Iran doesn't have any NBA players. Czech Republic has Tomas Sadoransky. They're a good team, but France France would have to lose both of those games after beating Team USA to not win the group because the group had, head-to-head is the first tiebreaker. So I think if you, if you are doubting Team USA a little bit, if you like France, plus 700 to win the group, that's, you know, basically you're getting plus 700 money line on that first game. And we just saw Team USA, this Team USA, play four games, lose two of them, and and you know the other team was in it for a couple of them. So I think that I like that play, and I don't even feel too un-American because Team USA can still win the next two games and go on and win the gold medal even with that opening loss. What do you guys think about the the plus seven hundred for France? I think that's a really smart angle mm-hmm. uh, to take on, especially on this group given the other two teams. Uh, I think it's a great angle. Um, I like it, but I think the angle is to play. I would rather play it game by game. I want to catch the United States early slipping. I want to catch them 
in the first half where I want to catch them full game early against France. I want to catch them live because I think that's where you're going to have your biggest edge, you know, while, you know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker aren't, you know, really on the team yet and they're having all these issues. So I want to fade them early. And then I think, you know, eventually the United States pulls it off. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-88-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right. Well, before we leave Team USA, I think that we're all expecting Team USA to pull through here. I was I was ready to jump off the ledge. I was ready to like fade USA from even winning a medal or something with, with some of these guys on our roster. Just so it's clear, Team USA has never not won a medal at the Olympics, uh, even pre-professional era. Uh, US has has a whole bunch of golds and a couple of bronzes and one silver. So Team USA are probably going to come through. So here's what I want to know, guys. It's the gold medal game. It sounds like we think that they're probably playing Spain or Australia. So it's a close game. There's five minutes on the clock. I want to know your closing Team USA lineup. Who are your five guys with, with the gold medal on the line when it matters most? So Raheem, give me your five guys in the closing lineup. I'm going to go, and this is really, 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 really tough. Um, I think the toughest one is that it's the big. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Jason Tatum, that's three, Chris Middleton, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Dane. I'm reluctantly saying Dane because there's a part of me that's wanna say, that wants to say Drew because I think and international basketball, his defense will be a little bit more valuable. But, you know, the shot making from Dame is just, you, you kind of need that there. And, you know, I think back to 2016, the way they put that roster together. Kyrie started, but Kyle Lowry came off the bench with Jimmy Butler and, and, and Paul George. And they had that defensive lineup in the second quarter that locked you down. But when they needed to score and they had Kyrie starting. So I think that's, that's where I'm headed. I think the the struggles I'm having with this roster is which big do you put out there? Um, I just think Dane. I, mean, I think Draymond gives you a certain playmaking ability, and 
I don't really want JaVale out there in crunch time. I like Bam, but I just think Draymond just gives you a little bit more playmaking. He's a little bit more intense, and I just want that experience out there. So okay. I'm going to run with him. All right, Joe, did, it, did you pick your lineup? Is that your five? Not exactly, and maybe call it recency bias, but uh, I think somebody's got to play a little bit of defense. So I agree. I really like Drew Holiday. I think that he needs to be in the closing lineup. But I'm also going with Chris Middleton as well. Uh, I think that he showed he can make he, he makes the, he makes the right passes. He also knows like when he's tired, he can you know play that particular way, and he can make the you can make big shots too. So I like Holiday and Middleton there, and then I'm going with Bam because I think that you need a little bit of a little bit more height with this particular lineup, and I'm gonna go with. Obviously, you need Kevin Durant on the floor at the end of the game. He has to be on the floor. And I agree. Like, I don't know how you get around have it, not having Damian Lillard on the court when all he does is just rain threes and just seems to hit clutch clutch shots. So I, I felt like I had to go with Durant and Dame. So in terms of looking for size and length and, you know, defense, that's what kind of led me to Bam, Middleton, and Holiday uh, as the other three guys. So I'm with you guys on Drew Holiday. That was going to be my, my bold prediction is I think Drew Holiday starts at the two in the gold medal game. I think we start Damian Lillard and Drew Holiday. Maybe mm-hmm. not because then there's not a backup point guard. And, you know, we've got Booker and Levine. Those are kind of the obvious twos. But we've got Booker and Levine, and I want Drew Holiday's defense out there. We clearly, that's what was missing was that point of attack defense and like slowing down you know, especially we're, we're seeing like Patty Mills. Patty Mills is lighting up Team yeah. USA. And he ain't going to be doing that if Drew Holiday is out there, you know, shutting him down a little bit. So uh, I'm close with you guys. Here's, here's my difference. And this is what I think. It, this is why I, I still feel good about Team USA. If the, if the chips are down, I'm not playing Bam Adebayo at center. And I'm not playing Draymond either. I'm playing Durant as my international center. And I'm playing Ooh. Dame and Drew, and I'm playing Middleton and Tatum. So Middleton and Tatum are on the wings. Durant's my center. You can't do it for very okay. long, but mm. there's no way you're stopping that team from scoring because now we have five shooters. That's why the international bigs, that's why our guys aren't the right picks. The fact that we can't pick Bam or Draymond or JaVale, that's the problem. That's why I don't like them mm. for this roster because when you really need a bucket, you need to be able to space things out and when it, if it's Gobert or if it's, you know, Aaron Baines or one of the Gasols, you need to be able to space them out on the defense, open everything up. So I want Durant at center in the closing lineup, and he can do just enough defense. He can bat the ball off the rim. He's he's been here before for the moment. Um, so that's my that's my lineup: Dame, Drew, Middleton, mm-hmm. Tatum, and Durant. If you give me mm-hmm. those five guys, I don't see any way any team in the world is stopping those five. All right, so let's let's zoom out. Let's take a look at a few futures here. Uh, so I want us each to just do our, our two favorite futures picks. So Joe, what's your favorite futures play on the board here? I'm bringing it back to France, and I really like France to medal at plus 175. You know, they have a lot of NBA talent, but the thing that I like about them is that I definitely think that they're going to advance. I think they're going to be a top two team, obviously, in Group A uh, with the United States. So 
with that, I think the way that the seeding works, uh, and Brian, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way the seeding works, that they can't really play Team USA until the final four or so. Yeah, it's it's kind of messy. It's it's basically mm-hmm. we the the groups determine who goes through, but as far as I can tell, then they they reseed like the top four seeds are protected, and then the bottom yes. four are their own. So it kind of depends on which, like where second place, you know, if France wins the group, then I think they'd be safe. But if they don't win the group of their second, then I'm not sure. So I think it's unlikely that they would play Team USA till late. Unlikely, yeah. It's a little bit open. Yeah. So I I just think that it's given that it's unlikely um, at plus 175 to medal. I think that there's decent odds here. You have, you have the talent clearly. Uh, So and they're really just behind Australia and Spain uh, outside of the United States. So I like that you're getting a little bit more uh, plus money there. So I like the plus 175 on on uh, France to medal. That's that's interesting to me because mm-hmm. one of my picks I was at least considering, and I'm now more hesitant after that, is France to be eliminated in the first knockout game, which is at plus 115. Kind of under the same logic. We're really only off by one game there, um, which is... Yeah. I think France definitely makes knockout play. For me, I think I'm just a little bit lower on France than you. Like, I think that they are a definite tier behind Australia and Spain. Even, you know, I'd put them closer in, in a group with like Italy, which is a, a, another bet I'd consider for Italy. The same thing to make knockout and then lose right away. Also up at, at uh, plus 100 for them. So, but you're right. I think France easily could beat one of those teams. I don't think they're as good, but they could beat Spain. They could beat Australia. And it's a good point about their path too. So I, I may not play that one now, but I don't think I can quite get there to to medal also is going to definitely mean beating at least one of Spain or Australia and yeah. maybe both of them. And I feel like I might just rather wait and, and play the games than play the medal at that point. But it's interesting. Um, all fair. right, Raheem, what's your, what's your top futures play? I'm going to go with... Argentina to get knocked out in the quarterfinal, minus 110. I'm not high on this team. I think they advanced past the group stage, but I think in the quarterfinal they get knocked out. So I think we spoke about it earlier about how, you know, they're going to struggle athletically. I think this is the year where they just – they don't have enough. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Kind of the same thing we are just saying with France and Italy. Like if you think Argentina is kind of that next tier down, they're definitely too good, I think, to not make knockout play. Um, but then if they just don't have it – you know, unless unless they get a really good matchup, you know, they we don't we haven't said Nigeria either. They might play Nigeria, which just trounced them. Um, they might play a better team in Spain or Australia. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I think it, it that sets up well too. So my I think my favorite play, or at least one of my two favorite plays, similar to Joe's but a different team. I'm going with Australia to medal, uh, which is at plus one ten, and. I, I just think Australia, I don't feel good about necessarily backing them all the way to the gold medal game. It depends on the bracket a little bit. I don't feel great about them winning the gold. Remember, this team has never medaled ever before. That's the goal. The goal is this team wants to win a medal. They want to win gold, but they have to win a medal. This team is good. The pool is a little bit more open than usual. They got a lot of veterans. They've been fourth place last tournament they're fourth place at the world cup in between they keep coming up just short and getting right there and i feel like i think i could see a bronze for them but basically 
I think Australia makes the semis. And if they do, you basically have two chances to win one game. They can either win the first game and now you're guaranteed at least a silver or you lose and you got a chance to win that bronze and they, they got to get this one. So at plus 110, I like Australia for that. Uh, all right, Joe, what's your other pick? Um, so we kind of mentioned I'm kind of high on Nigeria. I know that they're in the same bracket as Australia, but I think that if you can get that plus 450 number, um, I, I like I like a little sprinkle on them to win Group B. I understand that it's a tough it's a tough number, it's a tough ask, but I think that with their athleticism. Uh, and the coaching, I think that they can get through this. Uh, we, you can't forget that Australia doesn't have Ben Simmons. So he's, you know, one of their best players, uh, on the team and he's not playing in these Olympics. So I think that Nigeria can pull off this upset. I get that this is a tough ask, but I think that even with the other teams, you know, with Italy there, Italy's also a decent team. Italy could even beat Australia maybe uh, and give Nigeria a different way into winning the bracket, winning the group. So I think that there's a little bit of an opportunity here. And if you can get that better number, I like Nigeria to win group B at plus 450. I get that it's juicy. I get that it's a little, it's a little bit uh, out of the question, but but I, li- I like the play team Nigeria and reminder, by the way, we'll be covering a lot of these games and you can follow our picks at, at action network. So make sure to check out the articles and our game previews and bets and everything there. Joe is all in on Nigeria. So we'll get to see how that plays out. All right, Raheem, what's your last pick? I'm going to go with Australia to be runner up plus two twenty. I told you guys, I love this team. I don't see them beating the United States. I, I guess if you want to take a, a if you want to take a flyer on them to win the whole thing and then maybe put yourself in a position, but you're not going to really be in a position to hedge because United States is going to be a favorite. So I just like I'm going to go with the plus two twenty to be runner up. I think they 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 get all the way to the gold medal game. I just I, I think they're the strongest team, strongest non US team. And you know I was really impressed by the way they beat Nigeria. You know, they, they, they sat their guys and they still went out there and dominated. I think I just I just think they have so much. So I'm rolling with them. I like it. Australia definitely is good. They're going to be a tough out. I am going with the other top team in this group or in, in the, the Olympics outside of Team USA. And it would not be an official Action Network podcast if I didn't have at least one absolutely <laughs> outlandish long shot bet. So here it is. Gentlemen, I am taking Spain plus 1,000 to win the gold medal. Here's why. Spain beat Australia at both of the last two Olympics. So Spain has Australia's number. Australia is the younger, hungrier team, but Spain has that, that wily veteran thing. When the minutes really matter, Mark and Power are going to be out there doing their thing together. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of those guys, especially Powell, but they're going to save it for when they have to. And I, I like them in that matchup if it gets there. I just think if somebody is going to beat Team USA, I think Spain is the team to do it. They've got the veterans. They've got the while. They've been here before. They've matched up against Team USA. It's, it's the sort of team that can keep it close, and then you see what happens. Uh, I still like USA in the matchup. There's obviously like a huge athleticism advantage there. I'm not saying Spain should beat Team USA as usual with the plus 1,000. It's not a should. It's okay. You know, Raheem, you said the implied odds are like 77% Team USA to win gold. And I think we're agreeing that the odds should be higher than that. Well, plus 1,000 is implied like 9% for Spain. 
So mm. basically, I think if somebody would beat Team USA, Spain is the team to do it. I think if Spain does beat Team USA, they win the gold. They've never gotten that gold medal yet. It's the one thing that has has not been reached by this generation, and it's very definitely their last chance for the end of this. You can't be a golden generation if there's no gold. So they, yeah. they need the gold. Uh, I, I, I think USA is going to win, but, you know, plus 1,000. I got to have my long shot in there. We're all really, really high on what Drew Howley means to this team. I saw on Twitter the other day, somebody said, what, what would the gap be between those two players if, you know, we played the NBA under FIBA rules? And I don't think it's very high. And I, I just think Drew Howley is going to add so much to this team defensively. And, you know, getting Chris Middleton in there, I just – I think all of those scares that we had about the United States, I think they were a little bit premature just as, you know, this team – I think one of the things people forget is the rest of these teams have played together for years. Like, this United States team, you know, they're really throwing it together on the fly, and we're already seeing improvement game to game. So, I think overall the United States should, should get it done, and, you know, we all can be wearing American flags. and. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I trust the American team the longer the tournament goes here. And I think it's for that same reason. Once we get Drew Holiday and even Middleton over there, USA, one of our big advantages we've always had is just on the wing. You know, as much as the game is advancing internationally, those athletic wings, is that's still an American dominant spa- space. So getting Middleton to be able to be in there and yeah, just getting Holiday, doing all those little things, uh, my brain is screaming recency bias at me. We just watched it all happen, but we we know why they were so good. So get Drew and get Chris over to Japan. Keep them safe. Put them in bubble wrap. Get them on the plane. Give Devin Booker some headphones and let him like sit way in the back away from those guys because that poor dude <laughs> on a long flight to Japan. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think it could be a rocky start, but. Group play doesn't matter so much. Everyone take a deep breath. Let's see what Team USA can do, and let's see if they can get through to the end. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for our Olympic men's hoops preview at Action Network. Reminder that we've got several new podcasts debuting this August from Action Network, including one just for NBA betting. So to hear myself, Raheem, Matt Moore, the whole crew from our NBA team this offseason and next season, Make sure to subscribe to that new podcast feed, which doesn't exist yet, but we will announce here on Action Network Podcast. Make sure to get you a link for that. So stay tuned for that. We will have a very special NBA draft betting preview next week here on the podcast. Make sure to download and subscribe and use the Action Network app. All of our articles will be on there. They'll be on the website. We've got previews and everything we've mentioned for Olympics, men's hoops. We've got NBA draft scouting profiles and props for that coming a week from now. Free agency is just around the corner. 2022 futures, MVP. The NBA never sleeps. It's a 12-month sport. So we, we just ended. We got a day off, and we're off and running again. Uh, of course, stay tuned for NFL, fantasy, college football, a lot of podcast episodes to come. NFL kickoff, 49 days away, but who's counting? For Raheem and Joe, I'm Brandon Anderson, and we'll catch you next time on the Action Network podcast.